Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, November 19th edition. The first of three shows we are doing this weekend. We have one tomorrow at noon Eastern covering Kovalev versus Ward, Bellator 165, which has a lightweight title fight. Uh, UFC Sao Paulo, which is going on as we speak on the screen to my left. Uh, also, so is Bellator 165. And the Bellator, or the UFC Belfast show, which happened earlier today. Showdown Joe and I will be here to talk about that tomorrow at noon. I wanted to give Joe a little bit of time to actually digest all this stuff myself too. Because I had to watch two hours of two and a half hours of NXT, then I'm doing an hour of this, and I think it'd be kind of dumb if I got on here at two in the morning and didn't know what I was talking about. It's bad enough when I get on here at 10.30 and I don't know what I'm talking about. Either way, joined by Fightful.com Sheriff of Raw Things. He isn't isn't losing that title. Also Associate Editor. Associate Editor Alex Pawlowski. Alex, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, better than you, but I have had my own, uh, digestive issues today. Something, some heartburn that I got some bad pizza or something last night and, uh, it's not gone away, but I'm taking some Tums. What Alex is referring to, I drank some really old tea. That's pretty much the long and the short of it. NXT TakeOver Toronto, though, I have to say this show over-delivered. In my, in my estimation, I hadn't watched a lot of NXT going into this week. I watched what led up to it. I was far from blown away with what NXT has put on TV over the last several months. Nothing that made me just be like, I got to watch this show. Now, there were some things like Ty Dillinger being featured in a match. And I mean, I knew the outcome, but it wasn't a foregone conclusion outcome. The Dusty Rhodes Tag Classic, there were some stakes there. Okay. The tag title match, stakes there. The women's title match, some stakes there. And the return of Mickey James, also very interesting. And, of course, the NXT title match. Now, 
Some of these, well, I'll say the main event finish was a little different than I expected, but we'll go through these one by one. But what did you think about the show as a whole? Uh, I agree. Uh, I This was probably my least anticipated uh, takeover in a long time. Uh, Since the days of the Ascension and Too Cool, perhaps. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, def- yeah, that, yeah. It was not as least anticipated as that, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I felt like a lot of the matches were had a kind of a foregone conclusion, or I didn't care. I did. I don't coming into the match. I uh, tonight. I didn't care if TM six one or Authors of Pain won. Didn't matter to me. So um, I, I knew going in that the tag match for the championships was going to be straight fire, and it did not disappoint. But I kind of figured that I knew what everything else was going to be, and. Uh, you know, uh, one of those things where you, if you know how a match is going to end deep down inside, you're not going to enjoy it as much as, as if there's, you know, uh, some kind of question to it. So I came into that thinking, you know, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, didn't have too high of expectations. But this really, you know, I mean, it wasn't great, but it was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Sure, and and the thing is with these NXT takeovers is they never utilize the entire cast right. because it's a five match show all the time. But the thing, it this is not the NXT of eight months ago. It's not. It's just categorically different. Two of the top stars don't speak English. That hurts uh, in some aspects. But I mean, you lose Bailey, you lose Finn Balor, you lose American Alpha, and any number of other people. It's going to hurt. It's going to take some rebuilding, but that's ultimately what NXT is there for, is to utilize the tools that they have to rebuild and be a third brand. This is ECW 2006, probably done a lot better. <laughs> because if, if ECW had been this, maybe it'd still be around. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But let's go ahead. And by the way, guys, uh, share this on social media, the link to the Fightful page, Fightful.com, your source for pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing. And that couldn't be displayed any better than tonight. At the same time, we had UFC, Bellator, NXT, and Kovalev versus Ward viewing parties at the same time. I want to thank Carlos Toro, Ryan Cook, and David Tease. Uh, David Tease especially, because that maniac has been covering MMA, I mean, since... He got up today. I mean, like, all day. I, I assume he had to have woken up maybe 45 minutes before the first fight. But it's still going on, and it will be for a while. So uh, hats off to David Tease. The work he does there is just unmeasurable. I got home, Alex, last night, and I saw the amount of articles he had written that I had to edit, and I about shit in my pants. <laughs> Yeah. I was happy and terrified at the same time. Either yeah. way, lots of those are coming, guys. This show kicked off with – the hell kicked it off. Bobby Roode and Ty Dillinger, two Canadians, and hot damn, what about that Bobby Roode entrance? Oh, man. I mean, it's, it's getting to a point where I don't know what they do to top stuff now. Like before, he just came out and there's a cool pin spot, and he's like he was riding a Roomba at at one point during just the regular full sale shows. But now he's got a full gospel choir 
singing glorious. And I don't know what you do to top that. What happens at the next time he comes out for some kind of pay-per-view, another takeover, or if he goes up to the main roster at some point? What do you do? Do you fly him in, in a helicopter? I mean, it's uh, it's amazing. Why not? The whole thing was great. Uh, I loved it. Um, it was it was just so much, and it was a great way to kick off the show. Was starting with that entrance. So let's let's think. What could they do at a WrestleMania? I guess it depends on if you're if, if you got an open stadium like they got at Orlando, you could do. Anything. I got it. He can borrow EC3's barbershop quartet. <laughs> That's what he needs. Jillian Hall can come back and sing Glorious. It's the only thing bigger than this. <laughs> Bellator teasing a major announcement next at Bellator 165. Uh, we will bring you that, by the way. It's not just going to be pro wrestling on here. If something big happens on one of these shows, I'll talk about it. Ty Dillinger came out, and he got a great reaction, too, as is tradition. The thing about Ty Dillinger is his 10 gimmick is it's awesome. It's great. It works. The crowd is always into it. I've never seen him live and a crowd not get into it, whether he was a face or a heel. It's so easy to do, and it goes along with pro wrestling so well. He does the punches in the corner, the 10 punches. It, it works, and I think it can work on Raw or SmackDown, personally. What do you think, Alex? Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that he got over a number – like that's just that's just amazing work that he does. Like he he there was the the point where this is I don't know earlier in the summer where he was going around rating the various backstage announcers. Like he pulled a three out for some guy. It was great. Like uh, he's he's really really great. Uh, they really built this incredibly well with the video package where they showed him being contrite about it. Like like going back and like saying like. Yeah, I mean, I, I I got kicked out of WWE because I wasn't pulling my weight, and I spent five long years trying to get back here, and I've been constantly underrated by people my entire life, and so now I'm rating myself a ten, and now I got to live up to that. That's great. That's a great way of describing it without because because a guy who says I'm a ten is arrogant, but if it's not arrogant, if it's required confidence for him to get to that point where he can beat somebody like a Bobby Roode then that's that's a great way to, to make him into a baby face. And I thought the whole thing leading up was great. Uh, I really was pulling for Ty. Like, I, I was. I don't think I've rooted so hard for a guy, um, even knowing there was probably no way he was going to win the match. Um, and uh, the match was, was good. There was a lot of fire from both guys. Um, a lot of good near falls, um, close calls for Ty and, you know, finally – Pull a out. really good match out of guys you don't see pulling off like incredible physical feats or like acrobatics or really even fancy submissions, anything like that. They used what they had and they had a good match with it. Now, if he goes to the main roster, if he does a heel run, Shawn Michaels has to super kick him. <laughs> you remember that, don't you? No, what was that? Oh, man. The Cyber Sunday or Taboo Tuesday? You don't remember that? It's it's been a while. That was Ty Dillinger's first technical on-screen appearance for WWE, where Shawn Michaels is backstage trying to vote on uh, the stipulation for DX's match. And Triple H says, you're not controversial. And Shawn Michaels goes, Michaels goes, what? I'm not controversial. And then he stops a guy in the hallway, and he goes, what's your name? And it's Ty Dillinger. 
Ty Dillinger says, stand. And then Shawn Michaels super kicks him. I got to do that, right? Like he has to run into him at some point. And Shawn goes, stand. (laughs) And then if Ty Dillinger is ever a heel, they don't chant chant 10. They chant stand. Stand. That's good. I got to do it. That's great. Well, I mean, speaking of of him being on the main roster, that that hit after he lost and he was there alone in the ring and the crowd was giving him the ovation, they really lingered with the camera on him for a long time. It did feel like a goodbye NXT moment. It really echoed what they did for Bailey at, at the last takeover. Um, and you know, uh, if if he goes up, they he really could get over as a mid card either babyface or a heel if they let him. But unfortunately, I think he'll be on Superstars or or main event. Like, that's just what they do with these new guys they don't know what to do with. And, I, hey, I'm okay with him being there if it means that Kurt Hawkins or Jinder Mahal aren't there. At least it's somebody entertaining, somebody that people can get behind with, with a chant, yeah. with anything, with anything. Hey, you know what? There are a lot worse people than Jack Swagger there. At least on those main event shows, Jack Swagger can get the people to say, we the people. Yeah. Jinder Mahal isn't getting him to say shit. Nope. He's not doing anything. We have to talk about Jinder Mahal. I like the match. Bobby Roode had to win here. He did. See, I thought um, he was. I thought it was kind of bulletproof that if he lost, it wouldn't really hurt him. So it would do a lot more as the win for Ty. But yeah, if they're gonna if they're pushing Bobby Roode towards something, then yeah, he can't lose here. I will say, if if like Ty Dillinger would have picked up like a surprise win. I don't think it would have hurt Bobby Roode, but I mean, I just think based on the way the WWE books, Bobby Roode had to be the winner here. Uh, it looks like they have big NXT plans for him. Uh, by the way, over on Bellator 165, as reported by Flow Combat several weeks ago, Fedor Emelianenko versus Matt Mitrione in Bellator. Uh, Fedor continues to just not want UFC offers they are fighting in february on february 18th in san jose so there's that next match the now keep in mind i completely forgotten about this stipulation paul ellering was hung above the ring in a cage like the last time i remember wwe doing this was jerry lawler in 95 maybe and uh it was the dusty Rhodes tag classic finals Authors of Pain, TM61. Now, here are my observations. This match was fine. Just a fine match. TM61 are not over. They're probably not getting over. Some of the moves they did were over because people were like, hot damn, they did that to those guys? Uh, the flip off of the the lighting rig or whatever that rig was, that was cool. Another thing, another observation. Authors of Pain should never lose, probably ever maybe ever, and they should steal TM61's finish because that is much better suited for the Authors of Pain than that absolute garbage finish that they have. Your thoughts, Alex? Well, um, now I did a little deep digging uh, on this and realized that the whole reason why they had that ridiculous stipulation for this match was because the whole t- pay-per-view was sponsored by a toy that looks like that thing that they rigged up over the ring. Yeah, absolutely. And Definitely. They, it was. If you if you Google WWE Crash Cage, there's a um like a trade show video from back in February 
where a guy demonstrates it very poorly. It's actually kind of funny how bad he is at playing with this toy. And he says, yeah, they're going to have a, a match built around this with an actual one of these things in November. And he said that back in February. So my thought is that's how they got Mattel to sponsor this, this pay-per-view way back then and then forgot about it until two weeks ago. And they were like, oh, crap, we got to put somebody in a cage. Uh, do it to Ellering because it didn't make any sense. He hadn't, <laughs> he hadn't been really interfering. He wasn't doing like, you know, Colonel Robert Parker stuff. By the, let's talk about Paul Ellering, this Benjamin Button son of a bitch, <laughs> who looks younger now than he did in the 80s when he managed the Legion of Doom. That guy, hey, go, and good for him, getting paychecks at, the, at this stage, doing that. Good for him. Um, I think he is a good person to have in that role. Now, here's something interesting. We have an article coming on this soon. Rosie of Three Minute Warning, said in a recent interview that he thinks the shield gimmick design gear thing was originally set for him and Jamal, who later became Umaga, because Triple H or somebody had them go get a bunch of SWAT gear. I feel like WWE just found that SWAT gear and gave it to these two guys. (laughs) said, run with it. (laughs) It was just hanging out in wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah, like Ben the archivist or whatever just found it, and he's like, "Hey, see, I, this I, works." I've created an acronym for them, which is Paul Ellering's Ethnic Pseudo Shield or Peeps. <laughs> so I always refer to them as Peeps, and uh, and they they're uh, they're very good at what they do. They're I, I like a big straight up monster heel tag team uh, that doesn't do much talking. I mean, these guys, well, they do is just shout in Albanian. I think it is. Um, and uh, I don't. I don't know what I know. One's name is Rezar. I don't know Selmani, who is he's one of the guys he fought in Bellator. Legit badass, but he's from the Netherlands, so he speaks Dutch. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so yeah, these guys. I, I've seen people think that automatically think they're Samoan, and I've seen a couple of people who think they're like you know Arabic or something, but they're both from Europe. Uh, I think. Anyway, um, I have no problem with these guys being this unbeatable thing it's actually quite perfect for the next feud in um in in the nxt tag division for the for the uh the champs uh and i'm fine with that too uh i thought it was great that shane thorne uh climbed that crane rig and did the thing off of it right right from the start it was very cool that guy has a major future in this business I think his partner, Nick Miller, is just bland as vanilla. He's so – there's nothing to him. He did a couple of cool suplexes on those big dudes, and that was fine, but anybody can do that, really. Um, But Shane Thorne's got it. That guy's willing to do whatever it takes to get a crowd to pop. And I think that you could package him into be something really special. Um, But, you know, we'll we'll have to see. But right now, yeah, TM61 is not doing it for people. They don't have a character. They don't have a reason for anybody to give a shit about them. Nothing. There's no reason to care about these guys. So what do I care if a team that has been protected and may have a bright future? I don't know. I know Salmani's like 22 years old. If they crush them, I don't. I think the right team won. And I used to be one of those people that were like, WWE trying to shove these Bigger dudes just in our face. You know what? 
they did that with Braun Strowman too, and it's worked out pretty damn well for us. So, hmm. I'm okay with that. What'd I'm think, okay with that. What do you think of uh, the match having the exact same finish that every manager suspended above the ring finish has, where he drops a weapon to him because nobody thought to frisk Paul Ellering? The, then the chain went to the damn crowd. I know. I was wondering if that if if the if the finish that happened wasn't the planned finish because the chain never came into play. I was wondering yeah. if it was supposed to like fall to like the ramp. And someone's supposed to pick it up, and they just ad-libbed and just had them do their regular finisher to Chain Thorn. But it was just very, very odd. And I thought, oh, man, that, that chain must have been flying pretty fast into that crowd. Yeah, I, I hope nobody got hurt in that situation. Also, very glad that I think it was Thorn that went over the top to the outside with a flip, a Tope, tope yeah. Conhilo on Miller and one of the authors of pain, he landed right on his partner's head. Yeah. I was worried. I thought maybe a concussion would have went down there. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's the case because uh, both members of the team got up and finished. So, hey, at least there's that. Well, it appears at least there's that. What was next? What was next? Oh, the tag team title match. Uh, hot damn. Yep. Yeah. Ma- match that of the was year. something special. That's a match of the year for me. As a match of the year for, so far, I mean, th- I, I certainly the certainly the tag team match of the year, and all of the tag team matches of the year candidates involve the revival in some way. They are the best tag team on the planet at just being a tag team. Like I don't I don't know how how well they're ever going to get over on the main roster, how well they're going to let him get them over. But if it's just based solely on ability to wrestle together as a team, those guys are it. Gosh. I was so impressed. Yeah, the, those guys are unbelievable. And I know they want to go up to the main roster real bad. They do. And understandably, they they want to prove what they can do on a grand stage. I just hope they get that opportunity. Because they they will look pedestrian in comparison on the main roster physically. Not in the ring. In the ring, they will look as as good as the WWE will let them look. Right. Because they're that good. And it's, you know, you hate to throw the old school stereotype on them, but that's what they are. They, they study the tape. Well, it's like plenty of new school guys do too. But they, they do things in such an old fashion. WWE hasn't given tag teams a reason to attack the division like this. It, the, the way that they do psychologically, both inside and outside of the ring, both in kayfabe and reality. But these two guys do it. You know that these two guys, if in 20 years they're still wrestling and they're still the revival, they, those two guys will be thrilled about it. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm sure that if, if they got opportunities to be great single stars, they would love that too. But these two guys know where they are strongest. They know they know where the bread is buttered. And they know it's as a tag team doing this. And that's kind of refreshing. It is. Because you know you'll you'll always have the Harlem Heats where a Booker T can break off, but then you'll have a Hart Dynasty, two supremely talented guys who just shouldn't have broken up. Yep, that's yeah. how it is. Meanwhile, and then you have Gargano and Ciampa, and these two guys are just unbelievable too. Right, they're so good. I mean, if 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 the revival of the best tag team in the world. Gargano and Ciampa are somewhere 
near around like top five. I mean, they're 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 so good, and but maybe it's just because I'm watching them do all their all, most of their matches with the revival because the revival, you know, are, get great matches out of everybody that they wrestle. Uh, and if they go wind up going up, I hope they wind up on SmackDown so they can feud with American Alpha for like the next five years. Because yeah. those things they had in, in NXT were, were so great. And somehow tonight was better than all of those things that I thought had no equal at the time. I mean, they, they just keep getting better and better and better. Um, there were so many spots in this match. It, it's one of those things like if you haven't seen it and somehow you're, you're watching this, this podcast or listening to it, go find it. Because it's, it, I can't recommend this, this match highly enough. It's so great. Two out of three falls, too. That's the fact that, that we have. There was so many near falls. I mean, the, the first, it was just so great. So let's get into the end of the match. The, uh, man, that first pinfall. Yeah. Where Gargano goes for the, the slingshot uh, spear, mm-hmm. gets caught, and then put in the shatter machine. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah, and it was a brutal shadow machine too. Like he took both knees straight into like the collarbone. Like it did. It was really, really ugly looking. It was really sold the whole thing really well. Uh, and the fact that then he wasn't able during the interim time before they started for the next fall to get to tag Champa. So it was just Gargano suffering from that huge shadow machine as a face in peril for like the next seven minutes. It felt like. Uh, it was very, very good storytelling. Uh, all, all these guys just did wonderful work. Um, I, I'm, I'm at this point. I really hope that the revival gets called up, and soon, if they go to Raw, have them take the titles off of the New Day because the New Day get cocky, thinking, "Who are you guys? You guys, who, 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 who?" And then they get, then they get caught by these guys who are way better at, at wrestling than they are. They're not as they're not as fun as uh, as as like personalities, but they're really great at wrestling. I think it'd be kind of cool if if they came in and, and took the new day down. There's just a lot of fat to cut on these shows. Jinder Mahal, r Truth, and Goldust. Now, I mean, Goldust can still deliver at his age, but and and be there for what they're there for, sure. But Titus O'Neil, like, what's he doing? Um, Darren Young, he he ain't great again. Sorry. Oh. I don't know what's up with Bodalis, but it just bring in some fresh guys. Now, whichever roster that Ciampa and Gargano eventually get called up on, it needs to be the one with the cruiserweights on it so they can right. double up. That way yeah. they can double up. But even on, on SmackDown, there's a lot less on SmackDown. Now, there's basically the Ascension, and that's it. The Ascension and Kurt Hawkins, and that's it on, on that brand. Now, I, I wouldn't mind... I wish that they could do trades between NXT and like SmackDown and Raw. Send Apollo Crews back. Bring the revival up. I don't know why they can't just float between them. I mean, you know. Yeah, they used to. Yeah, they used to. I mean, uh, Zack Ryder was doing double duty. He was in the Hype Bros in NXT, and he was also wrestling singles matches up on the main roster. Um, Like, you can do that. And I think that would be really good for Apollo Crews. Uh, in particular, but there's a lot of people that they could send back. Have the VOD villains go back down and have a one-off match with uh, Gargano and Ciampa and have the VOD villains tear the house down like they used to, 
you know, in, in NXT. NXT. The full sale would love it to see the villains come back for one match. That's, that kind of stuff would really make NXT more of a must-watch thing every week if you had something like that that could happen because, you know, it's there's a lot of new faces that people aren't, you know, really that excited about. These days, when you're building... When you're building characters on a wrestling show, having two people interact, it's much easier to get people over. Like we saw with Heath Slater and Rhino, uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango, it's much easier to interact with two people and have somebody to bounce off of. I think a tag team division can be what the cruiserweight division used to be in WCW, something that the, the people look forward to. I mean, for me, it was the six-man tag matches a few years ago when the Shield was running around. I looked forward to those. I think the Revival and Ciampa and Gargano can be that on the main roster. But tonight, they were facing each other in this match. And I wanted to live in this match forever. I didn't want it to end. And at points, it didn't seem like it was ever going to end, Alex. Yeah. Uh, You had the typical, well, you're down one fall. And then the baby faces take two in a row, but at no point did it seem predictable. It really no. didn't. Because, like I said, there is a cruiserweight division on Raw or SmackDown, and Ciampa and Gargano would be great hands for either one of those. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, but they, they've, they've gotten themselves over tremendously too in the year. I mean, the, like, we forget that it was last year during the Dusty Classic when they first came in. Like, these were two independent names who were not a tag team, but were thrown together as a tag team for Dusty Classic. And since then, they've really gotten themselves over and become fan favorites. Um, the the final fall, the submission, the double submission, uh, yeah. was just so great. And it just I so, loved it when Dash and Dawson grabbed each other's hands to keep so they, each other from tapping. Yeah, that was very, very good. Very, very good. Uh, there were so many nods throughout the entire night to great Canadian wrestlers. Uh, and I thought it was um, an interesting choice to have the finish of the tag match be the Crippler crossface. Uh, that was a very uh, that was I don't know. You know, it was it was it was cool. It was certainly it was never identified as such. Anytime somebody put, put somebody in a sharpshooter, it was like, oh, there's Bret Hart sharpshooter, or you know, there's the 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 the, the what's what was that the heart the th- heart attack. The heart attack, right, right, right. I was going to say heart machine, and that's not, that's not right. The shadow machine, but the heart attack, they they identified those things. But when when they were very obviously doing the crippler crossface, they did not uh, say what that was. Well, I mean, they but, could uh, say crossface because I mean, crippler crossface was, yeah, Chris Benoit, of yeah, course. Definitely. Also, man, in this match, I saw one of the best chop blocks in wrestling history. Oh God, it was great. Gargano got scooted, <laughs> scooted. Oh, it was that, just magnificent. Yeah. Like the timing on those are very, very hard because right. it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to not hurt people on those. Yeah. But um, it, it was magnificent. And that, the thing that we're going to get to this later in, in, in uh, talking about takeover. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But uh, Johnny Gargano's limb selling is second to none. He is so good at selling both on while he's getting worked on and on offense. Like I, you really feel like that guy's like has got a you know a bone broken somewhere. That that was a really interesting thing too. A way of hurting the leg was to have uh, Dawson hold up the belt to block a kick. That was a, I've never I haven't seen yeah. that before as a, as a way of of attacking the leg, and that was very very good. This match was just incredible. It was awesome. It was oh, man, the revival. Or two guys that I didn't uh, two years ago I didn't give a shit about them. I didn't care about them, and man, did they they've earned everything that they've got. Uh, one of them made an interesting tweet the other day. They're like, you know, the headbangers are on SmackDown, and we're not. Yep. Good point. Mickey James is back, and shit, she looked good physically and in the ring. Outside of those flappy ass pants she was wearing, which yeah. I would consider like a nightmare to wrestle against somebody who had those, but yeah, there's really no denying her talent in the ring at this stage. She showed up in awesome shape. She was well aware of the WWE and how they looked, how they looked at their talent back then. She had to deal with all the Piggy James shit and times have changed, but she wasn't risking that for sure. These two went out and followed a match that was impossible to follow, and I thought they did an awesome job. Mickey James and Asuka, I thought, had an incredible match. And it, I think I think it was – I can't remember if it was myself and you or if it was uh, Jeff, and it's like, well, you can't remember a whole lot of Mickey James's matches, and it's like, well, she didn't really have the time or the dance partners right? outside of maybe the Trish Stratus match. She had the dance partner. She had the time tonight, and they had a great match. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I wasn't into it, like at all. What? Yeah, I just wasn't. Uh, Fired. I know. Um, uh, listen, we can disagree on things from time to time. This is no. <laughs> I just. I. I wasn't. I wasn't into the whole. Let's bring somebody back who hasn't been around for a while. Um, I agree with you that Mickey James was a lot more talented than she was allowed to be uh, when she was in WWE. Um, but um, I just was not a big fan of the Mickey James era. Uh, and I just wasn't, I mean, I thought she would, she, she really well acquitted herself, but the thing is they've been booking and presenting Oscar as unbeatable. Like nobody could get anything over on her at all. And uh, Mickey James was getting in so much offense that I felt like other people have tried on Asuka and failed. And Asuka was selling so much of this match. I just wanted Asuka to come in, beat her in three minutes, and then say, okay, who's next? Because you have to find, there's a, there's, a, there's if, you're, if you're not going to have, if you're going to have basically just wait until Asuka puts the Asuka lock on her and then that's it. Um, you know, I just felt like it, they took, they took a lot of time getting to that point. Um, but I mean, I was never a fan of, of doing the whole thing with Mickey James to begin with or anybody else. Uh, I was hoping that they were going to figure out a way to put a rocket on Ember Moon 
because she debuted all the way back in August. They could have done a lot of stuff to get her ready for this. Uh, have her lose the first time and then come back and defeat Oscar later. Um, but you know, it was, it was just, it just felt odd watching it. And maybe it was just a flappy pants, but I was just, it, it just, it just didn't sit well with me watching the whole thing. Oh, I was happy with it. I was more than happy with it because they were put in a rough spot. Had, had I formatted this show, I would have put this before the tag match. Yeah. But then you got to have Nakamura Joe follow the tag match, which yeah, is a tall task and a completely different style, different style match. So I understand why they did it. I thought Mickey James was just phenomenal here. I thought Asuka was phenomenal here outside of her continuing to hit people in the face with her ass. I don't like that move. That's really stupid. Um, I don't care how hard your ass is. You're not going to use that as. Well, it's just there's stuff stuff like then then when she misses the flying ass attack and gets caught up in the ropes, that's supposed to hurt her. It didn't hurt her. She just stood there. She She stood there and just kind of methodically looked on. She's yeah okay fine. I mean, it just she didn't sell there, that. There was a there was a lot of stuff that about that match that I was just like, I, I you're not being consistent with how you're booking Oscar. Either she's an unbeatable machine, or she's not. And the other women on the roster are made to look so weak by comparison. If you bring out Mickey James, who's been basically you know according to WWE standards retired for years. And she comes out and gets in a lot of offense on Asuka. It makes the women look even weaker by comparison. But oh, to be to be fair, I, I, they didn't say she had been retired, did, right. did they? No, they didn't. Say, but they, they, she's. I've been gone for a long time. To me, with, without saying I mean, where where else she had been. Come on, Alex. She got pushed in front of a train last year. That's that's true. And yeah, so, I, I, I mean, had forgotten about that. She was yeah. She came back stronger back, than back. ever. She had a kid in 2014. She got pushed in front of a train last year. It's a miraculous comeback. Don't you ever want an underdog story to, to come to fruition? <laughs> What's wrong with you? But they, they hyped her up as having beaten all these great former right. uh, women's champions like Beth Phoenix, like Trish Stratus, like a bunch of other women I can't remember. Right. But here's they, the thing. I guess I'm, I, I'm just impatient for, for the eventual Oscar heel turn. Like at the end, when Mickey James offers a handshake and all Oscar does is raise the belt, I'm, I just want Oscar to go to become that, you know, nightmare clown that she was in Japan before she came over here. I want her to become this horrible demon thing that she was as what was Kana. Uh, yes, and and I, I've been looking for that since she was wrestling Bailey, you know, because I feel like. Um, I, I don't like the fact that there, uh, up until this tonight, were two unbeatable, invincible Japanese champions who were babyfaces on NXT. I felt like it was kind of too much of that. And I, wanted, I, want, I, need, one, I need one of them to turn heel or lose. Are you and, trying to say that you hate Japanese people? That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm glad you were able to, to, to decode that. <laughs> we're living in a, in a Trump... America now, Alex, so you can get away with that, I guess. I can come either, right out and say it. Either way. No, 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 no. Well, because, I, I, because I, I mean, I, I, I really respect what both of them can do as performers. I feel like the way they're being booked and presented, um, I don't like invincible baby faces. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like that as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a gimmick. Um, so 
yeah, I guess I'm just I'm I'm tying them together because they both have to be Japanese. But I just that's that's what it is. I don't like invincible baby faces. Now, like the Mickey James thing with I had I had my reservations about because you know you know the outcome, you yeah. know she's losing, right? I would have liked this more on an episode of NXT, but then I looked up and down the roster of women in NXT, and I'm like, man, I. Ember Moon's fine, but as somebody said in our in our YouTube chat, she's a finisher right now. That's it. Yeah. She's over as a finisher. That's re- that's really it. Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, they haven't been put over to that level. Liv Morgan, she hasn't been either. Um, I think Daria has some promise, but she's barely on TV, she's, if at all. She's yeah, young. Um, I, I would have loved to have seen Asuka accept a handicap match and win that. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to make her invincible, like, really do it so that when she does lose, it's it's really important, you know? Somebody uh, says, isn't Asuka a heel? What are you talking about? It's not WWE's fault. The crowd chants for her regardless if she's a heel or not. I don't know what she is. They've not made her do anything a, particularly dastardly. There there have been a couple of things. She's a, she's a tweener. <laughs> She'll come out and she says, you know, I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a good guy. Well, she... Well, that's that's really what a lot of people should be. Let let the crowd decide what the hell right, they are. Right, and if right. if that's, that's what true. they want, I mean, imagine if Conor McGregor came out, or Chael Sonnen came out, or John yeah. Jones. Well, John Jones did come out and do this, but they were like, "Oh, gee, golly, gosh darn, guys, can't wait for the fight." Uh, they would sell about two pay per views. That's true. About two of them. I thought the match was exceptional. I thought Mickey James was excellent. She lives in Orlando now. I would expect to see her more on NXT TV. I would. Then we had our main event. Samoa Joe versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and I was surprised by this finish. Samoa Joe becomes the first ever two-time NXT champion, defeats Nakamura. Now, here, here's my thing. I went into this saying, I wish NXT and WWE as a whole would shit can the rematch clause because it traps them in booking. Now, I'm fine with Samoa Joe being the NXT champion, but I'll say this. I would really like him to have more than two feuds in his first two years in NXT because he was with Finn Balor for like eight, nine months, Nakamura for however long more, like, I'm ready to see something else. I'm that's why I don't watch NXT anymore because it's it's the the WWE booking but it's magnified because they only have pay-per-views every 3 or 4 months. Yeah. I don't want to see it over and over and over again. Now they'll have great matches over and over and over again. But it doesn't mean I want to see it all the time. Give me something new. Right. And I'm not saying, "Oh, you got to give me something new or I'll stop watching." It's just Damn, I would prefer to see something different. There's something special about first-time matchups, Alex. There absolutely is. Um, and there's something to say for freshness. I mean, we it's kind of hard to realize because they, they do these things where they just uh, – they'll tape, you know, four weeks in advance. And then uh, you kind of – I mean, I, at least I do. I pay attention to the spoilers and trying to figure out, you know, how they're going to, to, to present – the next four weeks of NXT and the feuds and whatnot. Um, and it, two, two tapings go by and all of a sudden you're at the next pay-per-view, you're, you're the next takeover. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it feels like Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura 
have been feuding for years. I mean, they haven't been, but there's been nothing else uh, for these two guys to do. Um, uh, I am, I am, I am happy that Samoa Joe is the champ. Uh, I think that a heel champ is really good for NXT. It allows guys to, for something to chase. Um, there's a lot of people that they can that they can use now that are pulling double duty on the cruiserweight division. I want to see Cedric Alexander get a babyface push in NXT, and I think it'd be kind of cool for him to go up against Joe. He doesn't have to win, but it'd be kind of cool to see him to push him somewhere, either push him on the cruiserweight division or push him in NXT. But he is too over with the crowds for them to just like to, to put on the brakes for him. Um, there's a lot of stuff they can do with with Joe as as heel champ um, a lot more than they can do with Shinsuke as invincible babyface champ. Um, it's nice to see a chink in Shinsuke's armor um, that he eventually he lost and it took a lot to get him there. Um, you know, I'm, I was, I was very surprised with how it, with how it wound up, but uh, pleasantly surprised. Somebody says, why couldn't you have Asuka lose in a multiple-person match? That way she loses her title but not get pinned. Here, And I'll jump back to that really quickly. Here's where you run into dangerous territory with that. That's kind of – well, it's sort of what they did with EC3 and TNA. He went undefeated for so long. He lost his title in a multiple-person match. Then he lost it in a last-man-standing match where he wasn't pinned, wasn't submitted. Then when he did get pinned by Mike Bennett, it just it didn't mean as much. It didn't make anybody. It didn't do anything, yeah. and that that's a bummer because EC three getting pinned should have been something special because that's one guy they got over big time. Yeah. Back to the the Joe Nakamura thing. They're gonna have a third match. Yep. They're gonna, and it'll be in January. So it'll literally be. 20 months and two feuds for Samoa Joe. Yeah. Uh, somebody says it's too soon to beat Shinsuke Nakamura. Not really. Uh, Shinsuke has never been unbeatable in Japan anywhere. I mean, like even in Japan, it would take like six of his finish to beat somebody. Uh, like that was, that was the thing is that his finish didn't really finish people until he did it like a ton of times. And it was you know, a kick out. It was, go ahead. He's only unbeatable because they've made him into an unbeatable champ. Yeah. You know, like uh, he, there's, he's not, he's not huge. He's not Brock Lesnar, you know, like he's got some good moves and he's a lot of fun to watch, but there's nothing about him that screams unbeatable except for the fact that he's been unbeatable. So now he's lost once. What does that do to his character? I hope it changes it somehow because for me, the, the big thing that I have with him is that he, he took a lot of limb damage from, from Samoa Joe and then was walking around throwing knees like it was nothing, and that's a, that takes me right out of the match uh, for him. Um, I mean, maybe I don't I don't buy I don't it doesn't bother me in other things I don't notice it, but I really noticed it because they were talking about how much damage he was taking to those knees. And then when he was walking around just throwing knees like it was nothing, they actually had to have Corey Graves come in and go, "Wow, adrenaline really is something, huh? He must not be feeling the pain right now," uh, which is not a good look. Joe Wilkins in our YouTube chat brought up a good point. He said, wouldn't the last few weeks suggest that we're ending up with Regal sending guys after Joe? Joe pretty much acted like he was running the show before he got his title back. So now, yeah, that does that would make a lot of sense. Also, 
Boy, Joe took Nakamura to Dick Kick City. Yep. Right to it. So, yeah, I mean, you could say maybe it's not a clean victory. I don't know. It's just like, man, I was uh, – I don't know. Uh, Ryan Cook, who covered the show for us, said maybe the third match is a steel cage match in Osaka in Japan. They've already also- built it to be Joe versus Shinsuke for the yeah. championship. They just didn't say who it was going to be. I mean, sure. I, I could see I could see them really just turning right around and giving it right back to Shinsuke in a you know couple of weeks. They they you know they they had Joe lose at a, uh, Joe win the whole thing at a house show against Balor. So you know who knows what they do with that. It's just uh, the match was good. Yeah, finish was good. I'm cool with Joe having the title. It's just. The freshness of NXT just isn't there as much as I'd like it to be. I think it's. I think for me, a lot of it is they only have the one hour, and sometimes you'll have three weeks. Oh, I'm scope. happy with. I'm happy with that. But but sometimes you'll have three weeks between chapters of a certain story, like on the most recent episode, uh, Cedric Alexander and Andrade Cien Almas had an amazing match that absolutely if they had done it in front of this crowd on this night would have been super over and people would have gone nuts for it. It was great. Andrade Almas as a heel is the best Andrade Almas. He's great as it. Um, but that, that feud between them started weeks and weeks and weeks ago and had been forever since we had seen them even come in contact with each other to the point when, when they came out, had the match, I was like, Oh yeah, that's going on. And it's hard for you to keep up uh, any kind of momentum, really keeping up with who's feuding with who when you take so much time off. And something like the Dusty Classic doesn't help matters because they got to address that every week. And that's, that's newer matchups that really don't uh, continue a storyline. So I'm, I'm interested to see what they, what they do with, you know, with these storylines going forward. Um, you know, how certain people like, you know, No Way Jose and uh, Sanity and, all these other minor even, players. Even the Drifter is back. The Drifter is back. The uh, Drifter is back. And there's so much room for him to come out every week. And Roderick, Roderick Strong is there. Oni right. Lorcan is, is around. Like, right. there are people that they just didn't use. The entire women's division. Yeah. Save Asuka wasn't there. Uh, they, thankfully, they, they didn't use Wesley Blake, but. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd um, be surprised if Wesley Blake was still around in a few months. Yeah. I'll just say that. They got a lot of guys looks- that are working on the house shows too that, that that look really great, but there's no room for them. You know? Yeah. So it's just, I mean, they're, they're my my personal favorite uh, tag team in NXT uh, as just an idea is heavy machinery with uh, Tucker Knight and Otis Dozovich, who now are sporting these amazing, like early 90s WCW Saturday night uh, matching outfits. Where they're yeah. they're black and salmon pink, and it's just really cool looking. It's so old school. I would, I'd have them debut. I'd have them run amok until the point to where you get them versus authors of pain, and they just yeah. beat the living shit out of each other. That'd be great. That's I love the, that. that's what you want to do, isn't it? You build two unstoppable forces. You make them clash. You hope that it's good. Yeah. Uh, you don't know if it is, but you hope that it is. I just I, I would love to see something fresh 
from NXT. And that's not what we've been getting, although tonight was such a fun show. It was a fun show to watch. I liked it. Uh, It exceeded my expectations. Now, they are tiptoeing the line of being like TNA. They are with the Austin area of like being an amalgamation of like all these other promotions. And that's okay. I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, you have to build your own guys from scratch. You have to. Hell no, you don't have to. That's why you have all the damn money in the world. You can sign whoever you want. I see a bunch of guys that a lot that this audience, this NXT audience, has already seen before, and they've seen what they have to offer. I mean, Austin Aries is just, he's a damn fine wrestler, but he didn't offer anything to NXT that NXT fans hadn't seen or that NXT didn't really already have. Now, he is an excellent wrestler. Depth is always good, but I was never like, hell yeah, I can't wait for this Austin Aries NXT match. Not at, not at any point did I do that. Guys, subscribe to our... Uh, somebody says, did Sean put TNA and NXT in the same sentence? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, they got Bobby Roode. They got Samoa Joe. They got Mickey James. They got Eric Young. They got Roderick Strong, who used to be there. Uh, yeah, I did put them in the same sentence. Why the shit would I not at this point? TJ kind of weird. TJ Perkins has been because we're working live events in Florida. Like you know, yeah. they, they they're they're they they have a connection there. Um, I I uh, was just thinking it'd be kind of interesting to have you know guys come down and work a uh, a cycle from one takeover to the next, and then go back up to SmackDown. You know that that would might be interesting. I wouldn't mind this seeing person, uh, the same person says the average fan has never seen TNA. Uh, correct, but the average NXT fan absolutely has, and you are kidding yourself if you say any different. The average NXT fan is very aware of what Ring of Honor is, what New Japan is, to an extent. Uh, definitely aware of what TNA is. I think a, a giant portion of these NXT fans are people who were TNA fans back in the day. Hey, for, from like 2005 to early 2009, uh, I thought TNA was the most most must-watch wrestling on TV. When when it was Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles, when it was that era of TNA, that was must-watch for me. I fell off of TNA when it was became you know Hogan and Sting and Flair and stuff. But but in the early days, I was I was into TNA, and honestly. One of the main things that got me watching NXT every week was the fact that Samoa Joe was there because I remembered him for how much I loved him in TNA. Yeah. So, uh, and that's going to be the case for some guys, but there are some guys that I'm just like, they don't need them. They don't need them. And hey, if you have them, that's fine. But well, what do you at think? The expense, at the expense of providing something new, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about the thing that people have been, uh, that I, at least I've seen around that? Uh, Joe was never supposed to ever go up to the main roster. He's just going to be an NXT lifer, putting over certain guys, working with certain guys, like creating a legitimacy for that brand, but that if he ever makes it, it's not going to be like for a while. So putting the title back on him means he stays there for the foreseeable future. And maybe he's, you know, going to work with somebody like a Cedric Alexander or something to, to get them more seasoning before they move up. Yeah. Somebody said on the cycle idea, it works when it works, it can work real well. Tyson Kidd managed to do really well. Yeah, that, that worked wonders for him. 
Yeah. Somebody says, where the F is Tyson Kidd anyway? Did Joe kill him? Tyson Kidd will never wrestle again. Ever, ever, never, and he shouldn't. No. Uh, the way I talked to Teddy Hart, and he said, like, if Tyson Kidd's out on the street and he slips and falls, that might be it. And he's aware of that. He's not taking any more bumps. Uh, unfortunate, but, yeah, it was a freak accident. It wasn't Samoa Joe's fault or anything. If it was, then that, that move certainly wouldn't be allowed to happen. Um, he like, he straight up almost died. It was very close to him dying. Really terrifying. Really, really terrifying. Uh, guys, I am back tomorrow at noon with showdown. Joe, we're talking Bellator UFC, UFC Belfast, Kovalev Ward, all kinds of stuff like that. Then I'm back tomorrow night with Alex Post WWE Survivor Series, he's got to cover the show. Yeah, so I'll ask you this, Alex. Do you think WWE follows this well? We always, you know, there's always that WWE's got to follow this. WWE's got to follow this. This wasn't like a blowaway show. It was a good show, but I think WWE show tomorrow can be better. Now, I, I won't say that any one match will be better than the tag title match that we saw tonight. But WWE does multiple multiple person matches very 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 well. Yeah, I think it's certainly possible. I mean, there's I, I don't think there's it's there's even a hint of a possibility of any of the matches tomorrow coming close to the tag match from tonight. But all the other matches were fine to good to very good, but were but but they were not you know something you know to write home about. You know, if people still write home but uh but tomorrow there's a lot of potential for things to be great there's also a lot of potential for terrible booking to ruin tomorrow uh i wrote a uh survivor series preview that's up on the site now where i talk about how tomorrow the fact that they're pushing fantasy warfare just got real and brand supremacy reign supreme uh is utter bullshit and has not been put together correctly and is nearly unbelievable. So there still ha- still are no stakes. There still are no rewards for anybody. What is the incentive to win those matches? So the matches themselves may be fun, but to what end? Who gets what for winning? It doesn't really matter. Um, looking forward to the to the title matches that are probably going to start off the show, but those multi men and multi women matches might will be a lot of fun to watch. But for what reason? Somebody says. Who would benefit from an NXT run that hasn't had one in WWE? Now, they mean like a cycle, I think. I would say Apollo Crews, definitely, but he's already been there. I would say Breezango, but Tyler Breeze has already been there because they could step in, and you better believe Fandango and Tyler Breeze could have awesome matches with Ciampa and Gargano. Oh, my God. Could probably have good ones with Authors of Pain, TM61. I'm sure they have great matches. They could easily, like, they really could send the Vaud Villains back tomorrow. And have the Vought Villains wrestle in NXT for a while um, because they're good hands. They could really get over a team like um, Gargano and Ciampa just by being dicks. <laughs> and um, and they're certainly not being used on the main roster. So um, I think I think the ship has sailed on them. I really do. But certainly on the main roster it has. But they would they would definitely I, I be a novelty it, act. I think it has even in NXT. I think people were tired of them in NXT, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, I think the novelty would wear off after a little while, but they'd they'd be they'd be uh, over for one match. 
I bet the best thing, the best thing that could happen to the VOD villains is if the cruiserweight division came to SmackDown and Jack Gallagher was like their leader. The <laughs> best thing. That's the only chance they have right now. I'm serious. Being his cronies is their best opportunity. And that's not that's not a knock on their skills and their talent or anything like that. Just how I feel. Alex, anything to tell the people before we go besides visit Fightful.com, share on Facebook, Facebook groups, Reddit, Twitter. Follow at Fightful Online, Facebook, Twitter. Um, yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Palowski the Fourth, P A W L O W S K I T H E, the numeral four T H. Uh, like I said, I have that uh, Survivor Series in depth preview that is up on the site right now, and I'll be covering the whole thing live tomorrow, all six hours of it, because there's a two hour pre show that at this point doesn't have any matches scheduled for it, which means there's going to be a whole lot of shucky-ducky, quack-quack moments of the night. And you don't get paid by the hour anymore. I don't. Woo! (laughs) Already paying dividends right here. Guys, like I said, I am back uh, tomorrow at noon, then after the show. Fightful.com, we got stuff all day tomorrow. All day day tomorrow all day every day mma boxing wrestling if you don't like mma boxing or wrestling go to fightful.com slash wrestling slash mma slash boxing we have podcasts all the time we have all kinds of media go to our video section check that stuff out we have our new forums where we have a q a section where you all can ask us about anything uh we might do a podcast one day basically an ask me anything podcast Anything you all want out of this site, we're looking to give you more viewing parties than any other website on the internet. MMA, wrestling, boxing, all that. Until next time, guys, we're out.